Yes. Welcome, everybody, to the X1 Bros. This is your positive gaming and Xbox community. That's what we're here for. All things gaming, all things Xbox. And talk about a week that we need gaming, that we need positivity in our lives. Yeah. This is that, this is that week crazy things happening in the world. Yeah. Let's uh, escape it all and play games. Let's escape it all and play some games, come together, mm -hmm. and play mm -hmm. some video games. And the like, big game that's coming up that is getting rave reviews. Now, unfortunately, we had to do this podcast a day early. So we haven't had a chance to play well, this. That's yet. what's that's what's funny because it comes out technically in like two hours. Yeah, like yeah, hours. Yeah, we'll, be, we'll be playing it in like two, we're three. Just hours. missing it. So next week we'll be able to give you our full review. Really? Oh yeah, it'll yeah. Elden Ring, baby. Uh, I'll have and beaten the, it twice. The consensus is in at least from the interwebs that this is a masterpiece, and the common consensus seems to be that they take a little bit. From every Dark Souls and from every iteration of the From Software franchises and Souls type games, the Souls yeah. type games because they have other games, yes, uh, and take the best of those and combine them into this this masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, how excited are you for Elden Ring? Story? Very. It's ready. Just waiting for that ready timer wow. to Prince, unlock. Prince I'm almost wishing I would have bought it on PC because in certain regions PC got a little bit earlier. Uh, and they, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. But no, uh, we're just uh, for consoles. We're just a couple hours away, which is really cool. But no, from what everything we've seen from you know different uh, you know publications and and interviews and and all we've seen and some of like the early reviews and stuff, like it really does look. And this is what we thought kind of when we originally saw some of the trailers is it looks like they took everything that worked in previous games, perfected it, and then threw it into a from what I hear a very well crafted open world. An yeah. amalgamation of the good stuff. Yeah, amalgamation, yeah, I yeah. love it. I yeah. love it. Do we have footage uh, of it? Actually, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I'll I, pull it up. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I the the last Dark Souls that I really dove into was the first the first one we played on the 360, and that's the one that I Dark played Souls the, the the most. Um, yeah, because Demon Souls was PlayStation. Demon Souls correct? was the PlayStation, which was like the first, the first, first, the first, yeah, one. And that was back when on Dark Souls the stones for multiplayer didn't really work. Like well, it was random. Remember? Yeah, it was. It was weird. It? You'd like try to play with your friends, and then they. It know. was just not consistently workable. <laughs> yeah. It was. It it worked sometimes. I think it was Dark Souls two when they introduced passwording. I believe which um, helped a lot. Mm. Uh, and but sometimes it just it was just you when you have to read a lot to figure out how this system works. Once you know how it works, it's fine. Ish. Um, but yeah, they they from what I understand, they've definitely improved the multiplayer aspect of this, which yeah, well, it seems, makes this game very very fun. It, it seems similar in the respect that like I think you can do the password systems. I think you can only get summon signs in certain locations. Yeah, well, throughout the world because it's such an open world. Well, now. that's how it was in uh, Dark Souls three. Um, I don't know about Sekiro, but in Dark Souls, no, Sekiro is no multiplayer yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, okay. So in in Dark Souls three, there were locations that were no PvP possible. Essentially, they and were when, locked. And weren't there some that you couldn't even, or was that Dark Souls two? I feel like there were some areas where you couldn't even summon. Like it was no, strictly. No, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was just uh, there were areas. Yeah, a and. There were those. Some of those areas were story blocked, so you actually had to. If at some point you just wanted to play co-op, you had to beat that on your own, and then get to the next area, and then you could do co-op again. So there were, I would, what do you call that? They bottleneck the difficulty, I guess, because the mm -hmm. game does get very, very, very easier with co-op because the game is not balanced for co-op. Essentially, I don't know about Elden Ring, but that's just how the other Dark Souls the past were. ones were. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what? I think I'm I'm very excited for this one, and I, a lot of people are. And I think they we we talked about this when Sekiro came out. Mm -hmm. um, Shadows die twice. The, going going Such to this game. yeah going to this samurai motif is a little bit more accessible for players uh, appeals to a, a broader player base. I think, and I think going to this hyper I'm going to call it anime fantasy because. <laughs> It is, yeah. I guess that's a that's a decent well, way to put it. Well, it's, Anime it's, fantasy. It's almost yeah. like I, I get what you're saying because I think this one will appeal to maybe a broader audience. Yeah. Um. I. I. The core from what we've heard and seen, like the core difficulty is still there, but basically, what they're doing and and I mean what I like is they're essentially giving you more options to overcome a challenge. Uh, whether that be sneaking, like from Sekiro, yeah, uh, I think they they re they they reworked magic, magic to feel. Yeah, it looks. I mean, I've not played it yet, but it looks a lot better. Uh, they have spirits that you can summon, which are basically 
Um, if you if you know they're basically a spirit, they're a companion that you summon, and they you can get mages that do you know range yeah. damage. You can get a pack of wolves, you know stuff like that. So they're giving you different options to help you overcome these challenges. And there was one article I was reading that said the open world is kind of one of those things too because you're you're not necessarily told where to go. I mean, I, I you're kind of told how to progress the story, mm-hmm. but you're not told where to go. Uh, so basically what, what the guy was saying, he was like, when I found myself uh, at a block, I just went and did other things. Mm. And it helped him level up, it helped him get better, different types of, you know, perfecting different skills, getting different armors, and then you'd eventually come back when you're a little bit more experienced or yeah. or understand things a little bit more, stuff like that. So uh, I do feel like it, it might appeal to a broader audience. Well, and what's funny is I always say like, oh yeah, it's going to appeal to a broader audience, but Dark Souls is really, it's it's not... I don't want to necessarily call it a niche game because it definitely has a following and has popularity behind it. Oh, it does. I mean, mean? that's why the hype, there's so much hype behind this. Yeah, but I do think this one, because of, I think the difficulty curve is still there where it kind of curves up. I just think the, the... They give you side the, the early the early game is is kind of it, it's a longer curve if I that see. makes sense you yeah. know what I mean it, it, like the curve is still there like in all from what I hear like in all uh, from software games but it, it's almost like it's extended in that early game a little bit yeah. to kind of I think they kind of learned that from Sekiro yeah if well, yeah because Sekiro was a kind of similar way when you the first boss you fight in that meadow where the game expects you to lose I think it kind of in in the other games. Those were bosses you had to beat, <laughs> like uh, and like Firelink Shrine in yeah, Dark Souls yeah. Three. If and, yeah. you did not pass that boss, you are not able to move forward. But in Sekiro, it's almost as if it's kind of like foreshadowing what's to come, mm-hmm. and so it's that if you've never played a game before, it's that leaning forward. Okay, this is uh, this is a game I gotta I I gotta get you know I gotta get focused for. I think Sekiro did a good job at kind of. Letting you know that before it actually happens, if that makes any sense at all, I I feel as though this game is is going to be similar that they took that from from this game too. Yeah, well, and they might even take because Sekiro because the way Dark Souls tells its story is very unique. Um, and I would say maybe that is kind of a niche part of the game, whether you like the way they tell their story or not. Sekiro kind of they they told the story the same way they usually do, but in Sekiro they almost they did put more of the story up in your face as a player. They had uh, cinematics that yeah, well, made, and, that, and, that and, told a story and a little of bit, cinematics that didn't make any sense. The, yeah, the dialogue was a little bit more, I, I don't want to say cohesive, but it it, it, it kind of like as you were going through levels and meeting different characters, the kind of dialogue and you kind of understood what you were doing and why you were helping these characters as opposed to these characters or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I get the impression that, I mean, I think in Elden Ring... Uh, we're we're still gonna get that Dark Souls style storytelling, you know, through the equipment, armor, and and different things in the world. But I think they're also gonna kind of put that story a little bit more in front of you as well, like they did in Sekiro. But from what I've heard, the game does tend to lean a little bit more Dark Souls than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, which I mean makes sense. Let's read some super chats real quick before we continue with Sergeant Reaper. Thank you very much, Sergeant Reaper, for the uh, super chat. Says, miss you guys. Miss you as well, Sergeant Reaper. For everybody listening, you can join us live whenever we record these over on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash X1 Bros. And then Fitzy writes in and says, let's be real. This is just another spinoff of Demon Souls, correct? I mean, it looks the exact same, same mechanics, just a different story. Um, so I would say it has roots of Demon Souls for obvious reasons. I mean, it's from software, but... It's as if they fine-tuned Demon Souls to Dark Souls to Bloodborne to Sekiro, and then they kind of ha- like Jordan was saying that it, it's the amalgamation, the amalgamation <laughs> of the great things of those games all packed into yeah. one. In like Jordan said, in an open world. So I think it's to say it's just a spinoff of Demon Souls. I think that's a little disingenuous. I think it's not that. It's it's. I mean, we wouldn't we wouldn't have you know Star Wars Episode Five without Episode Four. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that which I consider the best of the Star Wars. It, <laughs> very nerd way to look at that, but it. I feel like this is that this is an amalgamation of the great things that have come previously to according to all the reviews and stuff that we're seeing out there to create this masterpiece that it is. Yeah, uh, Ke- Keze. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fitzy just said, nope, I am right and Spicy is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Keze says, I wish they brought Bloodborne and Demon Souls to Xbox. I kind of want to do them in order, all of the From Software games. So those ones are exclusively on PlayStation for well, those of you that Demon don't know Souls, that. Isn't Demon Souls, isn't that... Uh, no, that's no, right. They did, they did the remake. PlayStation 5 remake, yeah. Yeah, which is really f- good. Um, yeah, so Blood Bloodborne, I actually think is really cool. I, I like Bloodborne mostly because of the aesthetic. It's like a gothic London style yeah. aesthetic. It's really Van cool. Helsing. It's more... Uh, um, it, the combat is similar, but it's different in the respect that you... You kind of had more ranged with your weapons, uh, guns, stuff like that. Bloodborne was a really cool design of a game. So it would be fun if we had that one. Demon Souls is just kind of like where everything started. It was the original game. The concept. That kind of, you know, gave us the rest. Uh, but yeah. Demon Souls still fun. Uh, but Bloodborne, I really enjoyed because of the style of the game. I just I thought they, they nailed their art direction. Another exciting thing about Elden Ring, it looks like, again, why I think maybe it, it'll appeal to, to more of a broader audience than it usually does is because it looks like they have varied landscapes like they have this this game like even just looking at what we're watching now here live uh much brighter than previous games right but they also have uh dungeons within the games which are kind of your classic dark souls you know one-way shortcuts uh you know that level design that they usually do in the dark souls games which are more like your usual like dark souls 3 dark and gritty you know what i mean so it feels like they have more range in this game which i'm excited for because if they can bring some of that artwork and and style from bloodborne which i thought was really well done uh would be pretty cool but but if if you're worried about like story wise um the only ones that are connected i guess would be dark souls one through three and they're not even really connected yeah they're, they're, they're it's, connected but it's like it's like a multiverse of it i don't know how to describe yeah. Blood, it it's bloodborne like, and demon souls are their own separate stories if you will um, even Dark Souls one through three are. I mean, are they? Because they're. Because I know they, the lore of. I mean, they, there's a they, lot of lore, but it. They are. They, they, they are, are, but it's like loose almost. Extremely you know what loose. I mean? There yeah. are there are characters that are mentioned in weapons, and mm. that's how, and see in yeah. those games, it's really interesting when when people talk about the story, you know, of Dark Souls. It's it, it's an interesting conversation because unless you've played Dark Souls, because people are I, I've seen discussions in our Discord and, and otherwhere where people are discussing, I would like to experience the story of Dark Souls, but maybe the difficulty's too high for other reasons. Maybe they're not uh, they don't want to invest the time or they don't have the time to invest in the game. Uh, they feel left out. What's interesting about Dark Souls is the experience is the story. It, it, it's really strange and very difficult to describe. But it's it's like I, I consider it like your own hero's journey, you know, the hero arc in, yeah. in, mm-hmm. in cinema. It's you start out not knowing what to do and you learn the, the dodging, you learn the weapon mechanics, you learn this stuff, and you as a player have the growth to continue on the game and that is actually the base of the story. How the story, the actual lore of the game is generally told is within like the weapons. If you go into the weapons and read the the lore, what this weapon belonged to, the some of the bosses, actually all of the bosses you kill, you get their souls, and then you can turn those souls into weapons or into magic uh, spells, and um, it actually. And you 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 re- you essentially read about those within the items. It's it's a uh, yeah. really unique way to to experience the story because it. You are growing as the hero, essentially. And I, I think I mentioned this in Discord. It feels like um, normal games, like an MMO or, or whatever, generally you're a level one. And as you level up, you basically get a bunch of skills and abilities, you know, power ups and all that stuff. Uh, at a certain point, you get so overpowered that you basically can just walk forward and win the game for, for a lot of games. That's not all games. Um, this is not the same as those at all. It's the, I feel as though the the difficulty is and and the experience is the story in these games. It's yeah. a very well, difficult thing to explain. No, no, I, I give I'll give you a perfect example. I, I actually think I think you're right. I think the the difficulty 
uh, is intertwined with the story because of things like uh, if you take a, um, I think it's a, a Taurus, Art Art Taurus. I'm gonna call him a Taurus. I think that's his Samsonite. Name. Yeah. Um, it was it was from uh, I think it was Dark Souls One DLC. Anyway, he's this knight that you fight. He has a huge heavy great sword. His arms cut off. He's he's taken over by the abyss, uh, and he he's a boss that you fight. And he's well, at least for me, he was a very difficult boss, right? But once you learn about him. It's and this is where the difficulty kind of ties into the story. So for me as the player, it was very difficult to beat um, a Taurus, the the knight, right? And as you learn about his story, you learn that he was back when he had you know his arm and stuff. He was this crazy, insane, powerful knight. He he had this ring that he could walk through the abyss, and for lack of better words, the abyss is just basically like the darkness. Um, and he was killing all these people, and then eventually he got he he was in this big fight with the uh, uh, who's what's the dog's name? Sif, I think it was Sif, and he. He fights, and anyway, the abyss corrupts him and takes him over, right? And that's why you eventually go in and fight him. But what's funny about it is you're fighting. He has his arm cut off because of how he, you know, the abyss took him over, and then he's corrupted. So you're essentially fighting him at, let's just say, half strength, you know? And you're thinking, holy crap, this guy took me, like, how many tries to beat? The, 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 the Well, yeah, yeah, you're thinking, like, the abyss took this dude over at full strength, like it makes it makes you as a player think, holy crap! What is the abyss? You know, like what is this darkness? You know what I mean? It, it, it they do a good job of of intertwining that difficulty with the story, and that's just one example. And I believe that was Dark Souls one in in the DLCs, but you know, Dark Souls two and three do it as well. Same with Blade. It, it's just it's very it, it's interesting how they tell their stories through the gameplay, the difficulty, and it's, their their it's, items. It's, it's, it's very cool. Yeah, it's interesting, and that's why it's hard to have a discussion. Uh, I know we we talked about it with our community quite a bit. It's hard to have that discussion about why difficulty is important in this game because. Unless you actually experience it, I don't know how else to describe it. It's the uh, uh, jumping puzzle in, in, in game development, right? <laughs> I feel like a jumping puzzle is developed in a certain way, so it's difficult. But once you get the jumping puzzle done, it, you get the reward and stuff like yeah. that. If you remove that difficulty of that jumping puzzle, it changes the, the, the foundation of that game. In an extreme case, it's a staircase at a certain point, right? So it's the game, it's so hard to describe, but the game is, and the difficulty are what make the story what it is. And I have no way to describe it. It's very hard. I'm not mm -hmm. articulate enough to, to explain it. But it's one of the reasons I love Dark Souls and Dark Souls style games because I really can't find that experience anywhere else yeah it's very unique it and a sense of accomplishment and matt ballsey he is our resident dark souls guy yeah, it's is. it's our artorias I, I call him Artie. 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 yeah we're good on we're, we're on and good then turn. sif was his partner yeah yeah yeah, yeah and he lost the, to menace yeah but menace is a part of the abyss right so <laughs> and what do you know and the abyss is basically for lack of better words there's things in it but it's the darkness essentially right i so, keep talking so. about how this game is about the the journey instead of the destination a lot i've talked about that over the years one of the greatest things about a Dark Souls game, uh, or in this case, we're talking about Elden Ring, is how unique and intimidating bosses are for the first time you see them. Mm. Uh, it's so... Every time you see, like, a they, before you go into a boss room, and sometimes they don't have a boss room, in front of the, There's, like, these fog doors. It's really cool how they make them... You know, there's fog doors. You don't know what's on the other side of the room. Sometimes you go in, there's no boss... But when you go in and there's a boss, you basically, all right, nobody talk to me, you know? <laughs> and you experience the weirdness, the intimidation, the bizarre, just how oh, unique these bosses are. Entirely unique. Yeah. I mean, there are uh, Dark Souls. Was it Dark Souls 3? We found a guy that me and Jordan were playing co-op uh, that we didn't play uh, before. We didn't even find this area, but it was a guy who surfed a dragon and came in on lightning. Oh, yeah, that guy was cool. I thought you were going to talk about the onion guy. Oh, when yeah, we found yeah. that guy. That guy was... <laughs> yeah. That was... Uh, so it was one of the coolest bosses. He surfs a dragon, and uh, he was a really hard boss. I don't think... Did we ever beat him? No, I think we were like, we'll come back we'll later. We'll come back to him. <laughs> Even in co-op, it was too hard because for us. Because he was, he was not a necessary boss, so... Um, uh, and then there's... What a cool boss. Then there... Nameless I call him, King. Yeah, Nameless I call King him Captain Falco in Dark Souls 2. That guy was super cool. 
Um, who are the who is the guy fighting in the uh, the temple where we walked in and he was fighting someone else? And oh, he the, killed him. The abyss watchers. They're yeah, one of my the favorites. watchers. The watchers. Yeah. Are I so actually cool. see again. They're one of my favorites because their art style reminds me of the Bloodborne art yeah. style. Mm. But then you have like in Dark Souls Three, you have the pregnant tree thing. You know, the the, tree like, thing. Oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> it's like a tree, that thing. but it's like and it has like she's got sacks. the legs, the sacks <laughs> everywhere, and and mm. you know that whoever developed that boss had a nightmare and couldn't get it out of their <laughs> head, and they had to scribble it down with crowns, crayons or whatever at the side of their bed, and then it eventually became some sort of fever yeah. dream boss. Dude, that was a fun fight. That was a two phase fight through yeah. the ground. That was a good now. Fight. So from what I'm saying, David, is from software. It, they just create these bosses that are just so unique. And once again, it's part of the experience of being incredibly intimidated or weirded out or just, <laughs> or both or both, both. Yeah. <laughs> or just blown away by how yeah. awesome, you know, these bosses are. And then the struggle, the hero's arc of you not knowing how to beat it. You trying different weapons, maybe, maybe trying range, maybe playing close, maybe throwing on some, uh, anti lightning, you know, mm-hmm. ability, uh, items, all this stuff, and then when you finally beat that boss, it is—it's the hero's journey. You honestly feel like I did it. That yeah. was awesome. And then you are rewarded with their souls. You can create it into a weapon, uh, or you level up to unlock other weapons that you may have had in your inventory previously that you wanted to use and try out. It's—it's it's a very unique experience where the difficulty is part of the story. Yeah. Now, to be clear, we've not played this game. For those of you just jumping in halfway through, or maybe you fast. Yeah, we've been talking this. about Dark Souls and our excitement for the. This game. is Elden Ring. It comes out in a few hours. We're just before it, so we're very excited. Yeah. But to put in perspective for you, how this game is being rated on Metacritic. So Metacritic takes an aggregate score from all the critic scores and then all the user scores. There's no user scores yet because the game hasn't been released. There are 47 official critic scores. Scored on taking the average of one to one hundred, so one hundred would be the ultimate game. So yeah, ten out of tens. Yes. So this is a nine. This scores a ninety-seven. Let me ask you, what do you think the lowest? Because I'm 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 looking at this. I'm like, okay, what's the outliers? And I want to check. Oh no, from what I've seen, what's the lowest score? Do you think from I've seen from what I've seen? I I saw I saw a list of them yesterday. I the lowest I saw was nine point five. Or like a four point five out of five, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was nine point. It was the, the lowest I saw was nine point five. Yeah, the lowest is a ninety. Ninety is the outlier. Now think of a game got all nineties. That's a great game. That's a oh, really yeah. great game. And the fact that the outlier, look how many hundreds. Look, look how look how far you scroll down. Yeah, not watched playthroughs, not watched streams. You've been given in. Uh, You've been teased. This is the first game. <laughs> I've been trying to hold off. This is the first game where I opened up a playthrough and watched a title screen. Ooh. You know, you know, and then like looked at character creation and stuff like that, which looks pretty uh, in depth compared to what we've had previously. Yes, yeah, super so, oh, super so shark has a good question. Now keep in mind when you when we ask this question, we've not played this yet. He says, "If I couldn't get into Dark Souls, but I love Skyrim." Should I get Elden Ring? That is a great question that we might have to hold off and give you a full answer next week. I, but yeah, I, initial I mean, thoughts, Jordan. The man. Well, I, I guess the question is, why couldn't you get into Dark Souls? Right? Would it be because of the gameplay, the difficulty, the way they tell the story? Because all the all their core stuff is is going to be, again, from what we've seen, the same. Uh, I think they've perfected things like combat. Uh, they've added things uh, from previous titles like sneaking, the revamping the magic system, uh, the spirits, w- which are you know all new. So they've they've done things that are different. They give a fresh take on the formula. But I guess the question would be, what did you not like, ab- or what? Yeah, what did you not like about Dark Souls, and then then go from well, there. Well, and, and I gotta say, Skyrim and and. Souls games are very, very different from each other. The only relation is the fantasy. Setting. I think the other relation is you are the character. Oh, what do you mean by that? So in Dark Souls, the character, like, you're the character. It's not. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, well, I'm. I'm also the character that decided to kill the orphan lady. You know, no, but in Skyrim. That, that's <laughs> that's not, a really fun but, quest line that gives no, no, me but the, that's, that's gives me the key that lets me unlock cor- forever. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does the character? In, like the character that you're playing is 
they're a name to him? Does, is he a character? You are. Consider you the nameless. Yeah, yeah you're you the are. Nameless. Well, so it depends you. on which that's game what, you're that's playing. That's what I mean. It's it's you. It's not like I'm playing. In Dark Souls, you're the unkindled. I'm well, not three. playing John Marston, for instance, or Geralt of Riviera. I'm playing as myself, yeah. essentially. Sure, but Skyrim, it's kind of that way too. Yeah, you're no, playing. What, as no, that's what I'm saying. That's the similarity. Oh, that's the similarity. Yeah. Okay. Is it's one of those kind of RPGs where it puts you in the character seat. Yeah, I don't. I would say I think they're very different games. Uh, yeah, like, I would entirely. say because Skyrim is much more sandbox. And this game is, I mean, maybe with the open world they'll have some sandbox element, but it, it's not as sandboxy as Skyrim. Y- yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's a good point. What, the question is, why didn't you like the Dark Souls? Because at its heart, this is still a Dark Souls game. Just yeah, from what we hear, fantasy. and I mean, just watching gameplay right now, like there's a lot of new things they've added, like again, this mount that you can get because of the, of the open world. But from what we see, a lot of the core elements of Dark Souls, although they might have, you know, tweaked things and, and, and changed them a little bit, and in my opinion, it looks like they've kind of perfected a few things. Yeah. It, it still leans towards its roots of a so, from software game. Super Shark is saying he didn't like the flow necessarily, or at least that's how he would describe it, the flow. Of what? The game. So the pacing maybe? of Of Skyrim or Dark Souls? Souls. No, Dark Souls. Souls. Okay. So then actually, maybe this one's worth giving a tr- try because I the pacing and the flow may... Because like we were talking about earlier, when I was reading that article yesterday, there was a person who got... He said he got stuck at bosses and then he just went out and did other stuff in the open world while he, you know... And then he eventually came back to that later. So maybe this being a open world game... Will give a different feel, yeah, different flow, a different feel to the flow. So I mean, that might be. I mean, from what I understand, a lot of people have said that the this gives you more options. You're not locked out of areas as much as before. Essentially, I don't think you're locked out of any area from what I've heard. (laughs) Yeah. There we go, Elden Ring. Everybody, we'll ju- we'll jump into it next in just next a couple week, hours, uh, just a few hours, and we'll be able to talk about it more next week. So stay tuned for that. Now, big news, Activision is skipping a year on Call yeah, of Duty. Yeah, that's super. Huge. Yeah. Hasn't been done. Ne- next year, right? So, yeah, yeah, 2023 Three, yeah. has been one. pushed back to 2024. This is from Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg. He tweeted out, he said, Scoop, for the first time in two decades, Call of Duty that's will so skip weird. a year. Activision has d- delayed 2023's game made by Treyarch. To 2024, sources tell Bloomberg. It's a shocking move that will have a massive impact on the franchise mm-hmm. and the industry. McSpicy, let's go to you first. You are a, a resident Call of Duty-er. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Call you. of Doo-Dude. Uh, <laughs> this is a really interesting story. And I don't know, none of us know why. Is it because the I game think, is... I think Warzone is such a big moneymaker... That that would be my that would be my guess. Well, Warzone is making so much money. Perhaps could the game not be ready as well? That yeah, that's an option. You know, well, I wonder if they're also does I Microsoft if, has a say. Well, I wonder this? if the acquisition. I wonder if the acquisition has like okay, these three are contracted. Hold off on the other ones until this acquisition goes through. Type the I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, are they want? Is Microsoft wanting to add features that benefit them more? Um, meaning, like, I don't know. What, what what features does Microsoft add to things? Uh, they just they just added Twitch play. back to the Xbox. They did just well, they, they, they did that. that. No, oh, they the, just they just, re-added right. it. Yeah, that's they a re- new story yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Twitch is being well. We'll probably discuss that in a little bit, but uh, it's really interesting. I don't know the why. Um, do you like it? Do you not like it? Initial impressions? Do you? Does it matter? It's so interesting. I would pro- like. Let's say this was a Rockstar game. I'm 100% on board with not coming it out, having one come out mm. every year because mm-hmm. of how good those games are. I want them often, but I know <laughs> that that kind of quality does not come annually. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I remember uh, being over, just overly stimulated by Assassin's Creed games coming out annually, and I was grateful when they slowed things down. I feel like the the most recent call, uh, Assassin's Creeds have been some of the best. Um, there was the middle era when they were coming out annually. I felt like they could have used more time to flesh things. Well, out. it's almost like fatigue. Y- you know yeah. what I mean? Like a fatigue, a player game fatigue for the player. So I get that, but at the same time, Call of Duty hasn't done this before. And if you are a Call of Duty player, which I there was a time. 
when all I did for years was play Call of Duty. That was it. I didn't play any other games. And that's a lot of the Call of Duty audience. That's what they play. Does that make you nervous? Are you not going to be getting your fix? I mean, two years is a long time uh, for Call of Duty players to not have something new. Um, uh, granted, they're probably going to be doing uh, maybe map additions to Warzone. They're going to be adding... Um, well, they might even extend the light. So we're pretty... I don't know if... Have they officially said it? I, I don't know. Well, we, we, we pretty much know that this year is going to be the Modern Warfare sequel to the reboot of the original Modern Warfare sequels. So, are they just going to extend the life of this one? Maybe add a story DLC? Or do you think they're just going to rely on Warzone? See, I well, but see, we're also getting, aren't we, rumors to be getting Warzone 2.0 next year, yeah, which so, will probably take the place of So, the, you know? instead of a premium Call of Duty, the, we're skipping a year on the premium, the single-player story premium, we will get free-to-play game uh, as well as content for Warzone 2. So, mm -hmm. And it says, sorry, see, that's what, Jason Trier says, we will get include a new free to play game as well as content for Warzone Two, probably a mobile and game. DLC for twenty twenty two's Modern Warfare. But but does so that maybe like, that's why maybe when you say why. when you say DLC like does that mean the usual DLC of season one, season no, two, maybe season they're three, going map packs? To just longer like they're Fortniteing it. They're Fortniteing it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a I'm not against it. I mean, I've always said it would probably be to Call of Duty's benefit to take a year off and you know polish the next game, do something you know. I mean, look what Call of, look what Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare did the original one. It like it changed the first person shooter landscape. You know, kind of you know take your time and yeah, do, you know. I, but at the same time, if Call of Duty Four came out today, would people play it or would they play Warzone? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I see well, what I mean, well, I don't know, it's kind of a hard comparison because the reason we have Warzone is because of Modern Warfare. Well, Call no, Duty but, 4, but, but you know I know, but, I mean? but, but an epic, game-changing single-player mode would players play it or would they just play Warzone? I think is what. Oh, they, they, I mean, I, I played through the Modern Warfare campaign, thought it was good. Yeah, but the, what I'm saying is, how important is that to keep people playing your game? Because now you have seasonal. Money making, well, see, money making maybe, things, and so it, you know, it kind of makes sense that they're making this move because yeah. going for a live service type of aspect. Because yeah. I mean, they they obviously have the statistics of how many people play their campaign, how many of people they beat their campaign, and we we've seen them before. A lot of the majority of the fan base is over on the multiplayer side. Yeah, yeah. I, so so David, I don't I don't know how I, I'm conflicted. To answer your question, I'm very I'm conflicted. conflicted. I don't know. I think it might be nice. You know what I mean? Not that I don't like Call of Duty. I do. Uh, I enjoy it. I'm excited for the new Modern Warfare this year. But um, I, I don't know. It might be it might be good for the studio. Maybe a little less burnout and stress for Treyarch, who's making that next one. Have a little extra year. Yeah. Uh, and if you are a developer that's making a shooter, there's your window to release it. I'm interested you know to, I mean? to hear like the the current. Uh, audience that plays Call of Duty and what they think because you you need Call of it's, it's, it's you it's like a drug you need it <laughs> you, you gotta need you need to Call have that yearly shot you, <laughs> you know? need that yearly shot that's what I'm saying so November is your month you start it to really feel it. is and and uh. you got you if you don't play Call of Duty you feel like you're falling behind because you have to get that prestige you have to keep going you have to get the golden guns and then after about 3 months you can prestige again and then you got to get them again you know it's if you don't if there's 2 years in between i have a feeling they ha could potentially lose players because that's the the hook that Call of Duty has is the addiction the yeah of just playing Call of it, Duty. It if, what got me off of Call of Duty was uh, Modern Warfare 3, and then I started playing StarCraft. I started playing other games, and I just became far and far less interested in Call of Duty because there were so many other great games out there. But see, That's I, Call of Duty's strength, is having the mindset of not allowing your gamers to play anything else. But it might be, I, thinking of your situation, maybe it's a PR move. You got off Call of Duty 3 because the multiplayer was terrible. It was yeah. broken. It, yeah. the, the spawn system was 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 correct. Yeah, not good, right? Yeah. Uh, and we get a lot of that every year. I mean, Modern Warfare had the, uh, the issue that basically shut your house down from your <laughs> Xbox. Um, you know, even Cold, Cold War, I know, had a lot of bugs. Uh, I'm not super sure about Vanguard. I, di I didn't play that one. 
but maybe they're doing it for PR, you know, take a break and then, but imagine it this way. You take a break for a year, how much hype for that next year? You know what I mean? When you start announcing and throwing out those trailers and stuff, you know. But, so let's, going back to the drug thing, you don't want, you don't want your gamers going to another dealer. Well, yeah, but I mean, think of it more as rehab. But when you're getting. You're you're going to rehab, then you're relapsing, you know. I guess. But but when you're Microsoft and your game is inside Game Pass, there is the, the, uh, you are the other dealer. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, you're the uh, you're the kingpin. Yeah, you. You don't care about one dealer. You're, you're the kingpin. You're you the know? pimp, yeah. and everyone's using your host. <laughs> the drugs are now on a menu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's you could get multiple items. It's really interesting. Really interesting. It'll be fun to see what this does for the series and what but, this does for um, Call of Duty. What I, I what I really want to know is is like you guys said earlier. I mean, I know the acquisition hasn't gone through yet, and it's not a hundred percent. You know, it's not like official on paper because they're still going through all that process. But I wonder if Microsoft had any influence on that decision. I mean, I know they said like, hey, day-to-day stuff is still going to be here, but you got to think they're thinking and preparing for the future, right? As well as, you know, Activision and, and all them. So I wonder how much influence well one I, gave to the other, if there was any at all, you know? Oh, there definitely is some. And then, yeah, what's the catalog release schedule look like? Because... There are now rumors that Fallout New Vegas 2 is on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And the rumor is Jeff Grubb over on his podcast, podcast Giant Bombcast, said uh, he's heard Fallout 2, New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas 2. New Vegas 2. And Obsidian. Mm-hmm. Boom. Which that, is really cool. Now, when he, uh, he, he, when he said it on his, was it his podcast that he said it on? Yep. He said, yeah, he, he quoted that there's just been talks, like, like basically someone mentioned something and the other person went, yeah, yeah that's he did not say a good idea. Talking, you know, he did like say very, it's, like it's there's probably away. not even concept art yet. You know what I mean? Just early stages of talk. But because you have Bethesda and Obsidian under the same roof again. And you're, you can see how Microsoft is thinking about this for Xbox. What are, what are powerhouse IPs that we have that we could bring back in a big way akin to what PlayStation has with God of War or But see look I I really like New Vegas. I thought it was it was fun. It was it was definitely different from 3 and 4, but it was really f- I mean it was similar in the gameplay yeah. aspect, but the story, you know, it was it was it was, it was fun. It was cool. Um Obsidian we know did Outer Worlds and is doing Outer Worlds too. What if they do the next Fallout and then they just let Bethesda focus on Starfield and potential expansions for Starfield or you know what I mean? Yeah, perhaps. Well, and Starfield, I mean, we know Phil Spencer says that he wants that to be the most played game ever. Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess you can let Bethesda focus on Elder... Because you know how Bethesda alternates? Like, at least it, that's how it's been lately. It was Fallout 3, Skyrim, Fallout 4. I mean, now we're going Starfield, but then after that is Elder Scrolls 6. Maybe he lets Beth- maybe Bethesda focuses on Elder Scrolls, and then you let Obsidian take up the Fallout franchise. Yeah. Which I I liked Fallout New Vegas, so I'm not against Obsidian making it again, Fallout or Vegas, making a Fallout game. That was the one with uh, Liam. Is it no, Liam? no, that was three. That Fallout was three. New Vegas was the one with the Roman soldiers, and it was in Las Vegas. That's right. I make fun of that all the time. Yeah, yeah. they were they That's were right. awesome. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, the leader of that uh, group was uh, crazy, right? If I remember <laughs> right, that guy was they crazy. Were, that whole game was crazy, man. <laughs> that, that was that was fun. Um. Yeah. David. Let's take a let's take a question from Sam Junior seven seven seven. He writes in. He says, "Hey, bros, longtime listener, first time questioner. Congratulations, oh, right. thank you, Sam Junior. I've recently gotten into Game Pass because of you guys, and I was just wondering what's your top Game Pass games that everyone should play. There's so many options, it's hard to pick a place to start. Thanks, bro. Bros, love the show. I mean, so you have your obvious ones like a Forza, well, uh, the AAA Microsoft titles. Yeah, the AAA yeah. Microsoft titles, but." You also have currently on there Evil Within, uh, yeah. and Evil Within Two, and those are so good. I'm not even like a creepy game fan, but these are more akin. Evil Within series is more akin to like a Resident Evil. I would definitely roll on that. And then my personal favorite that I'm just super into at the moment is Dragon Quest Eleven, which is on Game Pass. Highly yeah. recommend if you like JRPGs, turn-based style combat. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Captain Obvious in chat says Wolfenstein. That's a great pick. So I want to I want to talk about that. Uh, I would look at the, the companies that Microsoft has purchased, <laughs> like you know, and play all of theirs. And then uh, there's a reason they purchased them. Because yeah. uh, I was going to say uh, Tim Schafer's games uh, when they purchased um, 
his double fine. Yeah, double fine. When they purchased that, got Psychonauts and everything. All his backlog now came onto Game Pass. So you have Full Throttle. Uh, you have uh, oh, what's that? Uh, um, Day of the Tentacle. You have those games that mm-hmm. now just automatically are on those games and they're there i love those games those games like for example the tim schaefer games they may they may not be for you but i grew up with them and i love them they're very quick very fun adventures click and whatever point and click point yeah. it's it's now joystick and click <laughs> yeah it's not point and click anymore but uh <laughs> Just look, just look at a company that was uh, purchased by Microsoft and dive and, into their library and yeah. dive into the library because they all just naturally just a week later brrr, look at yeah. all the Bethesda games, Wolfenstein, uh, yeah, Doom, on- yeah. Onyx says No Man's Sky. Ooh, That's a good one, yeah. Solid. So, so I think I would I would say Doom too. I think Doom. I know it's a so AAA bad. game, but Doom one and two. For me, even though they're first-person shooters, and I play a lot of first-person shooters, it was like a palate cleanser, you know. It's a unique first-person. Yeah, well, because it's it's, yeah, it's unique in the respect that you 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 move like you did in the '90s, you know, like (laughs) and you have all this, you know. It was a different time. Yeah, it was uh, they the their loop, which which may seem simple and and you know repetitive to to some people, but the loop of you know chainsaw melee attack with with weapons is just it's it's really good. Yeah. It's the joystick forward of shooters. Yeah, the joystick yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. Great uh, question, Sam Jr. Thank you for writing in. Kier Thompson writes in and says, Bros, been a long time since I've caught a live show to work, but I'll try to catch today's show. Kier Thompson, are you here? Let's say hello. Say hello. Uh, hey, hello. Now that GTA 6 has been officially announced, what would you like to see changed, if anything, and what do you think could be improved to make it even better than GTA 5, seen as it's been almost a decade since the release of 5? I'm expecting a lot mm-hmm. of changes. So, what do you want to see changed, and what do you want to see made better, Jordan? I would, I, I would, I would just uh, or GTA Six rather. Everybody may agree with me, or, or sorry, everybody may disagree with me, and they think, oh, that's what you're changing. Oh, you're no idiot. more cell phone interface games, calling your friends. None of that. I, I think I, you yeah. stole Spicy's pick. Yeah. Was that oh, it? No. Yeah. They're just, not going to do that, though. They're, I just, because, you know, like, oh, hey, call Lamar, and you go into your phone. It's like, that. that's, that's like, I guess it adds the immersion, but let me just hit B, call Lamar. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I was, I don't know. It's not that I hated the cell phone. I just didn't well, care for it. in the game, because you're talking about Lamar, in the game, it's... It's okay. Even like then, the single yeah. player game, it's, it's okay. Like call Lamar. Even in Cyberpunk, it's like I gotta go through my text messages. You know what I mean? It's, just, yeah. Yeah. I, it's it, what really it feels like it suffers is calling your friends to invite them to an online game. It's all all of a sudden you just have notifications on the left that are just con- con- constantly game invites calls and then yeah. lester calls me and i'm like shut up yeah, yeah. lester yeah, Cooper, come on cooper says lester calling every five minutes is yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly yeah. what i'm talking I, about. I just you can keep i i think you can I, I just think you can show that stuff to the player in a better way other than the cell phone mechanic and i get why it's there because it's a, you know it's it's kind of a part of the game it's modern yeah everybody has a cell phone but i just i don't know i just let's let's go back to the 40s let's do a 40s grand theft auto like an la noir no cell phones. Mm. You have to do all that stuff at the payphone. You got to go to the payphone. <laughs> you got to go to payphone to get multiplayer. Like stand inside yeah. and yeah. close the door. Yeah, and that's they how you go to multiplayer. They also tried to do the whole map loading seamless integration where instead of having a loading screen, <laughs> which it is ending up, it ended up being kind of a loading screen, in the game, in the single player game, to, trend, to go to a different character, the map would basically go top down, zoom, 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 and go out. Yeah. And then it would move over to the other character and zoom back in to, you know, to play out the other characters. They added that into the online, which made it very frustrating because with the their clouds. disconnects mm-hmm. uh, that happened, it happened a lot more back then, less so now. But you would go zoom out, and then it would try to load an instant of the game you're looking for. And it made it so you couldn't do anything. You were locked into the game. Anyways, I would like, I don't like the seamless integrations to exist. I want to press X and join a friend's game or join a lobby and join a game like in the original yeah. Red Dead. Guys, I, I actually, I've been, I've been sitting here thinking about this since I said it. Give it to me. I, I actually almost want to change my answer. I would like to see them go to a 40s 
like post World War II, late forties, early fifties, when when kind of the the big gangs were 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 becoming big, you know? Yeah. You know that style of mobster. game, you yeah, want... like a mobster. I think that would be cool. I'm I'm just thinking of the L.A. noir setting, and I I don't think L.A. noir. I think L.A. noir was a fun game, but imagine that setting, but with Grand Theft Auto. You know what I mean? I think it limits I, you. N- well, no, no. Well, it you, you still have like I mean, obviously. Well, no, because you could still well, get a bazooka. Well, I think it limits you though. Is in there's mul- air. There was airplanes back then. Is in multiplayer. <laughs> no, because. How does it limit you, David? When you're in a mo- well, because when you're in a modern setting, it's less of a break of reality to just go crazy. That in 40s, it seems like you're being, late 40s. You're post World War II. See, see, see what you just did there, though. You're being historical, <laughs> specifically historical, and so I think it breaks immersion to go too silly. Whereas modern or present day, you don't have to worry about that as much. But you could still go silly. You know. I mean, they literally put hamster balls in the sky in Grand Theft Auto Five. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you can still do that in the forties. Yeah, but I don't. I, it's the it's even why zombies Red, and cow, and cowboys worked. But yeah. it's <laughs> why yeah in Red Dead One. But it's why it's why Red Dead Online doesn't work as well as GTA Online because GTA Online doesn't have this feel of limited. They're limited to rules where they set those rules up in Red Dead Online, and so they're very limited on what they could do. Yeah, and I think a for I think a, a historical piece would would do that. Well, you don't have to be historical. I'm just saying time period wise. That's what. Uh, that's okay. A time well, okay. Period. Let, let me, me get, let me, let me okay. Let me give you let me a give you an example. Time period piece. Let me give you an example. And you. people will probably get mad at me for saying this too. Vanguard went to world. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Vanguard went to World War Two and just ignored everything. Yeah, and it didn't work. <laughs> See, what, that's like, you're just proving my well, point. Okay, I guess I guess you're right. But you I was, like I was, yeah, well, you know, like no, the hollow scope. Well, because Tommy gun. No, the reason I didn't like the Vanguard is because if you're gonna go to World War II, you're going for a certain feel, but then you just threw everything modern in, so it was, it wasn't that feel. And that's what I'm. So saying. I get what you're saying, but I just, I, I really like the aesthetic and the style of L.A. Noir. I'm, I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> Let me Jeff Way. This okay. is what you could do. What if they do it decades? Like that's their storyline. You start out in the forties, and then work. your great grandson be segmenting the world, and then your great grandson in the Although in I, the modern oh, that day. Would be cool. They should just do a game where the next iteration is one generation later, and you just follow. <laughs> so like GTA Seven should be whoever you play in GTA. Their son. Their son. And well, I don't know if you want to play. And that's, how, that's what you could do with Red Dead Redemption. Trevor, Trevor is John Marston's great, great, great grandson. Wow, that fell far from the tree, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that. I think uh, it was Sid's great, great, great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's more. Yeah, uh, yeah that would. Well, be cool. if it was a game based in the '70s, it would just be the Warriors. Do you guys ever play the Warriors? No, but it's Phenomenal one of your favorites. Yeah. It's one of my favorite Rockstar games out there. I go back and forth on Grand Theft Auto on this. Do I do do I want them to stay multi-character perspective, or do I want to go single perspective? Oh, like splitting up to the three characters. I, I actually enjoyed the three perspectives from a storytelling set. Well, from a mostly a level design standpoint. I mean, I always use this as an example. There's the one mission where you're in the building, you switch from um, all the different characters. One of one part of the mission, you're a sniper. The next part, you're you're infiltrating the building. The last part, you're you're a helicopter. And it's it's a cool way to incorporate into your level design while still making sense of the story. Y- y- you know. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind going three again. I will admit there was times when I preferred to play one character over the other because one character was kind of getting dull with their side missions and stuff like that. So if, I mean, but I think... I don't me, think you any, know, any... You can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But there was no Trevor mission <laughs> no, that they, was dull. They had all the... AD, yeah, no, and, and it was. It, it was it was there. I think there was uh, Franklin. Uh, some of his side missions were like you were just kind of doing them to do them to get to the next one. Uh, Michael, I even think, had a couple of those. I kind of got bored of his family life. You know, because it's I like I got it because it was, it was like family was hilarious. Well, they were like the first two or three times, and it's like okay, they all hate you still. You know what I mean? Like we, you know, it, it just kind of. Well, but I. Whereas I, I will that, admit, I liked Michael's. Story. I will admit, I like, like Trevor's was each of his were very unique. Yeah. You know, like he was, but that's but, just. And, but when you, I liked how when you played all three, you all did their different things, and they all leveled up their individual skills separately. And all those came together when you were doing 
say the heists and stuff because Trevor was the helicopter pilot. Uh, Michael was a smart, sneaking person, and then the getaway, you know, uh, I can never remember his name. What's, I always remember Lamar, but. Lamar's the friend. Lamar's the friend. Franklin. Franklin, thank you. Why can we never remember his name? Lamar is so memorable. Yeah, I know. know. But remember, Lamar, not Lamar, Franklin had the, the driving ability, and one of the, one of the great things about that game was that it was kind of about heists. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Well, heists are game, yeah. super fun because you have that planning, mm-hmm. and that's what that game kind of brought all those those three characters together. Uh, and I, I don't know. I thought it was enjoyable. I think if Rockstar does that again, I think it would be fine. Uh, I mean, we have Red Dead Two, which kind of stayed with one character most of the time. Yes, and there was a handoff, but for the most part, and it was still fine too. Yeah, I don't. Th- I mean, they could have done it. A different way as well, and mm-hmm. it would still be fine. I think so. I think I don't. I as I'm indifferent. What you're saying as, is, as long as they do it right, it doesn't matter how they do it. Correct. And I and I trust Rockstar for the most part for single player games. I think they are one of the best. Op- I think honestly, I think they are the best open world creating a un. Uh, a map with uh, they make the characters walking around, making it live and breathe. Lot, the living, well, breathing they, world is the best. They always, yeah. they always. I mean, I think they're very good at. They're willing to take risks, which I don't think a lot of companies do nowadays. I actually think Nintendo, with their IPs, is very good at this too. They're willing to say, "Hey, yes, this this, this formula worked, but what if we added this next feature in that? You know, maybe we can make that work. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if you think about it, Rockstar uh, probably going from like Vice City forward because we got San Andreas uh, four five. It feels like they always kind of add something to the game that almost changes the open world genre. You you, you know. They they push they, they add forward exactly yeah exactly yeah. which we've talked about before like no other game has really at least that I'm sure there's one out there but I can't think of one right no other game has really done the three person storytelling like Rockstar has and done it well I would say they did it well That's it may have point. not been the, perfect but it was done well yeah Mortal Kombat. Well, well, I, I, I <laughs> guess was, I guess you're right. What, you know, twenty three characters. <laughs> but I, I would say, although I do like Mortal Kombat story, you know, you know, Rock Stars is probably a cut and above. injustice. Justice, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, to play three maps with that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, you're right. You're, 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 you're not wrong. Mortal got Kombat, him. Mortal Kombat got does him. it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm really, really, really excited. What was the what, was this a something question? about Grand Theft Auto Six? Yeah, this right? was just. Yeah. Oh, what would what we, we change? change? Yeah. Oh, uh, I went 40s, and David shot me down, then slowly convinced me that maybe it wasn't a good idea. Yeah. But I, I would still like a 40s game. 40s, 50s. Game. I would like to remove auto aiming in GTA games. The snap to aiming. See, I like it. I think I like it too. Mostly, it's weird at first, but then I get used to it. I I like it because I love God mode. (laughs) I don't like it in a multiplayer setting. Yeah, that that is where it's difficult. Yeah, and when and I don't like I don't I just I just don't like it. I think it should be free ball in it. You should just woo look around. I hate the aim snap to their to their chest. I hate that. Yeah. I wish See, that was See, it's almost, I, I'm almost got it memorized because you snap and then hit up quickly. Just go for the you head Go shot. for the head, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the And I almost, I, 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 I've almost gotten used to it. Well, the thing is, is like, I feel like whenever you jump back into a Rockstar game, you got to spend 15 to th- minutes to an hour like readjusting yourself to the controls it's true because they are kind of because like i don't want i don't want to necessarily jump or yeah i don't want to necessarily say they're bad they're just different from what your brain is used to when like jumping why is run tapping why is run (laughs) i know i remap every game i play now that's what i would change just the auto aim feature the snap to aiming let's great question Kier thompson thank you very much for writing in let's take one more question before we get out of here for the day but first let's take a super chat we got one in from rose city gamer thank you for the super chat rose city he says x1 bros then now and forever all right amen Amen. T-shirt right there is a t-shirt. T-shirt, yeah. Oh, Amen. I gotta Rose, write that down. <laughs> Rose City Gamer. Amen. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Let's go to, let's go to Rowdy Wilbur. Send on Rowdy, Rowdy Wilbur, because I like the name. Rowdy, Rowdy. Hey, yeah, I like it too. He says, we have a lot of games becoming movies or shows currently, but what book or movie franchise would you like to see become a game? Example, 
I would go with Dresden books into a gaming franchise. Right. That would be super cool. Can I go first? Because I think I have a very unique answer. Okay, give me your. Unique I would answer. like none Dr. of. Seuss. I would like Dr. none Dr. of. Seuss. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, they call that psychonauts. Yeah. <laughs> I I would. I'm gonna say it. I would like none of them because they've ruined every single one up until this point in my life. Books into games. Books into oh. Oh wait, hold on. I thought it was I thought it was games into movies. No, 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 no. no. Books into games. Read it again. Wait, hold on. Right. We have a lot breath. of games becoming movies or show. What book or? Oh, I see what you said. Yeah, I thought it was games it. into movies. Well, that's my answer for games into movies. <laughs> okay. So. Wait, there's there Witcher. You don't like The Witcher? The Witcher's okay. It's good. I like it. You're right. That's technically a. But book it technically into a movie. was a book that then became a game. The I I would say this with The Witcher. It's actually a very unique thing. There would be no game without the books, but I don't think there'd be a show which is based off the books without the game. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Oh, I know. So what I you're think th- I think there's a mutual respect there. It's so he's like saying, get that off the table. Again. <laughs> yeah. That that doesn't count. Uh, By the way, did you guys see all the? We talked about this last week. The Lord of the Rings, basically Lord of the Rings on Amazon, looks like it's going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What, Just, did we talk, was it last they, week we I talked th- about I it? Or? They, dro- they dropped so they dropped this hype video where they had influencers, and the influencers. One of the girls was really good, but the other two and the host was so bad. And they're talking about things that a Lord of the Rings fan is just like, what? What are you doing? And <laughs> it was so bad. Amazon pulled. <laughs> Pulled the hype video. <laughs> Isn't that why YouTube removed the dislike and basic, bar? And basically, yeah, it didn't work in this case. They yeah. and basically uh, <laughs> has solidified what we all said last week. Like Amazon has just let us down with these. They, re- I, re- I mean, we did talk about. Well, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. We did talk about. I, I would say, didn't we kind of come to the conclusion it was almost like fifty-fifty? There was a couple good shows that we liked, but then there was some that were just kind of, you know terrible yeah (laughs) (laughs) so amazon don't f up lord of the rings even though it looks like the way you're marketing it just just i'm gonna i'm gonna just tell you to rip that band-aid off now it's gonna suck yeah that's what everyone's doing well like are they their expectations i would i would go talk to peter jackson just say hey man what bounce some ideas off me you know Uh, well peter jackson while giving us a fantastic trilogy initial trilogy Kind of he also he's become he's become George Lucas. He's well, the George yeah, Lucas. Yeah, but but of oh, that's that's my point. So Star Wars: The Clone Wars, they would go to George Lucas and they'd say, "Hey, man, bounce some ideas off us," and they'd go through his filing cabinets and read stuff. Then they <laughs> they'd go through his underwear drawer. <laughs> yeah, his filing cabinet. No, they would. He'd pull out filing cabinets and he because I've seen the behind the scenes and they'd talk like, "Hey, you know, I had this idea. Like, this is where the Force comes from. What do you guys think?" And they'd they'd all collaborate and then they would take George Lucas's ideas. And then they would go they'd right. As, them yeah, out. They, yeah, exactly. They, they'd iron out the kinks. And Clone Wars is really good. The the show, not the movie. Yeah, you know. It is. Yeah. Okay. So maybe do that with, uh, or just read the book. You know. <laughs> do you ever watch well, a show? Si- do you ever si- watch it's a show? Side stories of Lord of the Rings. So it's not. We'll read this. There's tons, oh, of, yeah, there's tons you, of literature out there. Yeah, I guess because you can say like, oh, we told this side story, and yeah. yeah. So my answer, David, would be yeah. so we're talking. So this is from Rowdy Wilbur. Gay books to video games. He says Dresden series. I'd say you could go with a lot of options with uh, any fantasy novel. There's a lot of RP, and you'd go RPG with those. Yeah. There's like a lot the of Witcher. RPG. Stormlight, the Stormlight Archives, for example, mm-hmm. uh, I think would be phenomenal because you have some pretty cool level up style abilities throughout the whole series. It would be, it would be. Like your Neo, growing up and becoming super powerful, you know, uh, like uh, the Matrix game, kind of. That's how yeah. that game I can yeah. see, which is a very good game. It is. Uh, I, oh, oh no, go ahead. Do you have more? No, go ahead. Go I was going to say they're already doing this, which is exciting. Harry Potter. See, Harry Potter is another big question mark for me. I'm very excited for it. If Hogwarts it's good. Legacy does look good. Very I think excited they for it. If it's good. Footage too early for me. Yeah, I think the footage that I see, I'm like, okay, I could be down, but at the same time, I'm not seeing anything like. When we see Elden Ring, we're like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's two. I get three a show. <laughs> um, do you think there's do you think there's like a but, guy? But, but I don't think Harry that... Potter has had that feel yet, and it makes me worried that it will be gimmicky. Yeah. One, I guess they already made like the books. Well, I mean Harry Potter is games. gimmicky. I mean, I guess they made the games. But this one's exciting because it looks like its own thing, but anyway. Uh 
Uh, and now I would go even. Um, oh, what's that? Uh, Spellmonger. I think that would well, be a great I would world turn, to create a game in. I would turn Spellmonger into a top-down real-time strategy game. Yeah. So with like the battles. Any 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 book that has a unique universe that has been created, which is a lot of fantasy a novels, lot of fantasy novels and yeah. sci-fi novels. To yeah. to be fair, uh, I think can create some pretty epic stories Do you th- and. Uh, gameplay. Do you think you could do like a I don't know how to say it, like a linear book, kind of like an Ender's game where it just follows one character through a set story? Or would well, it be see, more fantasy? A- would it be more a fantasy like your fantasy books because they follow multiple characters and they're in this overall world? Well, see, you know? that's the thing. You would you can create in, in the world like Ender's game is uh, Starship Troopers essentially. It's Starcraft. Uh, it's the I, I guess the the movie is a game. <laughs> you yeah, know, you're you, right. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. know it's. That universe is a super cool universe that we've had. What was I, there was the, an original book? I can't remember who who did it, but it it was the um, Starship the Troopers. Like, well, it's not it's not Starship Troop. Is that the book? There's a, there was a universe. It's like Lord of the Rings. You know how they created like this foundation of fantasy. Uh-huh. It's the same thing. It's the ant like species. That spreads throughout the universe and takes over everything. And then you have... Are, are you talking about Starship Troopers? No. All those are based on a specific book that was written like 100 years ago. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, I, I don't... I can't... I don't... I don't know. I know. I can't remember. What I'm trying to say, I can't remember the book, but it was a book of that, and now you have StarCraft, and now you have oh, yeah, a foundation yeah. of other stories that have come from, from that. That's what I'm saying. That is a universe that I would like to, uh, that you could make anything work. So yeah. a StarCraft is that. I, yeah, yeah. yeah I but Ender's Game, what I was saying is Ender's, Ender's game, game is, is that. that. Yeah. yeah. I actually said Dr. Seuss jokingly, but that would those would actually be fun games to be. Actually, they probably kind of already exist in No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> An Dr. AI-generated Seuss. world Dr. is Dr. Seuss. is No Man's Sky. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, Basically. but but imagine that with actual Dr. Seuss characters, like some random person showing up. Would you eat eggs with this? <laughs> or this? Yeah, I would not eat ham and eggs. Excuse me, where's my mother? Are you my mother? <laughs> yeah. you my mother? Don't cut down those trees. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, like a bunch of mini games. Cooper in chat says Hunger Games would make a great game, or Lord of the Flies. I mean, with both of those, you go. Well, see, battle, Hunger, you go. Isn't battle that like Royale. Battle Royale? Yeah, How, like, Hunger yeah, Games so is Battle Royale. And Lord of the Rings, Battle Royale with children. Yeah, but isn't Cooper, Hunger Games like I don't I don't know where the author got her original inspiration, but. But I would assume it's from the Japanese movie Correct. Battle Royale. Yeah, you know, yeah. Correct. That's the uh, yeah. What would be cool with a Hunger Games, and let's call it Battle Royale, is integrating a storyline um, in like the Hunger Games. You know, you have your districts or whatever it is. Yeah. And then the multiplayer matches are based. Other people are playing the single player game, but you're thrown into this arena. Yeah. That's cool. You know well, what I yeah, mean? And I that's know. how you progress the story. Yeah, well, I'm cool. thinking like Lord of the Flies, that would be like multiplayer and someone has to become the leader. But then I'm thinking that's kind of like Rust, you know? Yeah. Rust is kind of a Lord of the Captain Flies. Captain Obvious yeah. Rust brings out an amazing story universe that you could do. Avatar The Last Airbender. You have yeah, your one. nations with the abilities. Oh, that would they, be awesome. They have that as a video game already. What yeah, but I, well, think, but I think I think they yeah, failed. but I don't I don't think they're like they're like hey let's make a quick buck get on it, you know <laughs> yeah those were Cor- that was Cora Cora yeah that's right no I think, yeah like a story driven using you know? that universe yeah I, I yeah I agree imagine okay. imagine David hmm. instead of the Protoss Terran and Zerg you had the Fire Nation the Water Nation you know the Earth and you had those four element elements. <laughs> in the universe, and then you had an RTS from that, yeah. cool. and you'd have like your mages what? or your firebenders. Yeah, and what's the game? What's the game that the whole world is playing? And it's like China versus USA right now. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, the Sea of the uh, one. How, yeah. one. You can well, have, you could do that in Airbender. Well, and and, four and, and <laughs> the Fire Nation would be the industrial nation. You have uh, coal and and gas, and you'd have ships. Maybe they're the naval, you know. Kind I like it. I like you it. You know, nation. Like it. it would be a really cool universe to make that kind 50 of game. Says, Total War Avatar. I like it. Fitzy says Total a true, War Avatar. That would be yeah. a true RPG of My Hero Academia or Demon Slayer. 
My oh, Hero Academia as an as an RPG. They do have a, a fighting game that was fun. That would be cool. Uh, My Hero Academia. I mean, that's a that's a great universe you could you could do stuff in yeah. too. I mean, that's essentially. Uh, I feel like all, I feel like all these universes like would could be MMOs. Oh, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, like taking with... taking Avatar: The Last Airbender. You know what I mean. I'm I'm just thinking of the three nations, right? You kind of set it up like four. It depends on what time, you know. Well, let's let's do three because the uh, the the you know the Avatar, right? Yeah. Well, the airbenders see, how, are extinct. Yeah, and how you become but how you become the av- years earlier they won't. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> how you become the Avatar, it's kind of like an ESO. If if you win in Cyrodiil, you become the Emperor. You become the Avatar <laughs> for like a cool. day. Yeah, that's really World cool. World vs. World. World vs. World. I mean, it's yeah. Great question, Rowdy Wilbur. Thank you very much for writing in. Appreciate it. Everybody that does us for this week. Hope you enjoy yourselves. Hope you have fun. Hope you're safe. We'll see you next week. Again, don't forget, if you haven't yet, youtube.com forward slash x1bros. Also, for those of you that just listen to podcasts, maybe you listen to them on Spotify. We uh, are the second people on Spotify to get video. It's just Joe Rogan and us. <laughs> <laughs> so come check out the video. It's on Spotify every single week. So is audio, but so is video. See you next week, everybody. Bye-bye.